Today on Locked On Canadians, we talk a little bit about the trade deadline and what we expect and some things that might be a factor. We also talk about management changes at the Canucks level and how that would affect the Habs potentially. In addition, we came up with a great idea for a really fun segment, and that's all on today's show. Your Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everybody to episode 539 of your first listen of the day and we are at the dawn of a new era. Uh, we will be joining YouTube later this week, and we're very, very excited about that after months and weeks of teasing it. Uh, it's going to happen, and we're so excited. But in the meantime, we've got lots of fun topics to discuss that we just thought about, <laughs> that we just came up with based on the news of the last couple of days. So to do that, my name is Laura Saba. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined, as always, by Scott Matla of Habs Eyes on the Prize. Scott, how are you doing today? We've got an opportunity to explore some different and fun topics today, I think. It, it, it is a rare off day from all sports things, which is kind of nice. Uh, the Canadians are obviously traveling, so we're not getting any news from them right now. So it was nice to have a day of, uh, I want to say normalcy, or about as normal as it can be nowadays. So, uh, And I know that's going to change very, very, very quickly uh, given the way that we are rapidly approaching the NHL trade deadline. Correct. I am um, honestly, it's, it's an exciting year for the Canadians because, or for Canadians fans, maybe not the Canadians themselves, because in a year such as this, this would be the time to sell off assets, to get, to get draft picks or prospects. We expect them to be active at the trade deadline based on how abysmal this season has been and how there's a new management and a new direction in play. So there are a couple of things that are, I think we, we talked a little bit about how Arturi Lekkinen is somebody that teams are inquiring about. We know Ben Sherratt is somebody who's been on other teams' radars and would make sense for somebody to trade. Uh, Jake Allen, having been injured and now being out, leading right up until the trade deadline, uh, he would have been a good piece, a great asset to trade. But selfishly, I hope that he stays in Montreal because I'm a big fan of his as a person. But there's a couple of things that we were talking about. Uh, Scott, you have heard that Jonathan Drouin is a name that might be on the trade de- trade market, or is it just people speculating based on his value? I believe it was either Pierre Lebrun or Frank Saravale who mentioned it. Uh, obviously, Arturi Lekkonen is the one who is in high demand amongst Canadians' forwards, but Drouin has a year left with you know a reasonable cap hit and plenty of talent to bring to a team here. So I'm not shocked that there is someone who might have an actual role that he fits in, like a a middle six kind of role where he doesn't have to uh, carry a line. He can kind of be a supporting player that might play up to his strengths. Uh, It doesn't surprise me that there's teams that might be looking for that. He's a dynamic playmaker. He's got talent. He's got speed. And I think he's been doing what he can this year. But unfortunately, the Habs are super not bueno. So uh, it kind of goes for naught. It it doesn't surprise me that there might be teams calling for him because he's one of those surprise names that they might go, hey, do you want a fresh start? Because, you know, you were uh, from the last regime. 
And while this is, you know, your teammates and everything, go ahead and, you know, see what we can get elsewhere. And I think he could command a lot because he has contract for next year. And it kind of reminds me when Jason Zucker got traded from Minnesota to Pittsburgh. There's term there, which means a bigger package overall because you're getting contract control out of it. And then Arturi Lekkinen has RFA rights, I believe, still, which means he's also valuable to teams. Things are shaping up that even if a Ben Sherratt or a Jake Allen trade doesn't yield what we might think, there's plans behind that to continue to stockpile picks and prospects. And I think Druen and Lekkinen are going to be a big part of that. And I do think that Lekkinen has a lot of value as a strong depth player. One of the core philosophies of us here at Locked On Canadians is that there is such a thing as a good bottom six. Bottom six does not mean replacement level. You can construct a good bottom six. And uh, I'm thinking of players like Jake Evans. And then I'm thinking of players like Arturi Lekkinen, who uh, can play up and down the lineup, obviously when required, but it's like they're strong players in the bottom six to let's say the second line is their ceiling. Although in fairness, he was playing on the first line when he scored the the goal that clinched the Canadians uh, going into the Stanley Cup final. Technically, I don't even know. Um, so I think one thing that uh, there's a couple of topics today that we're going to sort of get us use Elliot Friedman's 32 thoughts as a springboard for uh, later on in the show. What we're going to talk about is what kind of rival players would you think would be jarring to see in a Canadian's uniform and vice versa. But first, a real quick tidbit, uh, Scott, we were talking a little bit about how there's an unnamed big name free agent expected to be traded at this trade deadline that does not want to be traded north of the border specifically because of COVID restrictions. Yes, that was in Elliot Friedman's newest 32 Thoughts article. Uh, it doesn't name who it is, obviously, because um, that would ruin whatever the team is trying to trade him. I don't know if it's a forward or if it's a defenseman, but it opens the door that if it's someone who doesn't want to go north and the Canadians have the next best option at that position, uh, it's a huge opportunity for them to increase the value. It's like, you're not getting that guy. He doesn't want to come here unless you way overpay to force their hand, or you can you know, take our guy and you're going to pay our asking price for it, or you get nothing at this point. Uh, it's really interesting to see what might come of this now because it's it's a really good test for Kent Hughes. If this many teams are calling and asking for Sherratt and Lekin, et cetera, and there are names that don't want to move up, it, then guess what? You know, the it options are there. The market for exactly. a Canadians player. The Habs can set their own price. Like, honestly, they can be like, Ben Sherratt is a first and a mid-tier prospect. And that would be I want to see the team that, that pays that for Ben Sherratt. Someone will. Someone paid two first-round picks for Andreas Athanasiou, and he played nine games for them. Like, someone <laughs> gave up a first-round pick, I'm pretty sure, for Mike Green to play, like, five games for them. It And both of those teams were the Edmonton Oilers, which is hilarious in its own right. But someone's so going to do something ben dumb. Ben to the Oilers is what you're saying? I mean, I'm not not saying it right now anyways. <laughs> Uh, and so later on in the show, we are going to talk about another, another, it was an idea that I thought of based on, uh, the 32 thoughts column. And in the meantime, our next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about management and, uh, and what that management changes and what that implies for the Montreal Canadians. And that's coming up in just one moment, but first built bar 
is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And you know, we love Built Bar here on this podcast because they taste great. They are made with real chocolate. They taste like a treat, but most importantly, they're low in sugar. They're high in protein. Gives you a little bit of jump of energy, whether you are at work and trying to tackle your day, whether you're getting that 3 p.m. crash, whether you're about to work out, whether you forgot breakfast again because you're me. And Built Bar, honestly, truly, it it will hit the spot at those points. It keeps you satiated. It gives you that energy. And it is delicious. They have 18 delicious flavors, but plus also some special edition flavors that are always delicious. And they have bites and they also have lots of other products. But for us, I think the Built Bar is our favorite because it tastes, it, it feels like eating a treat. Uh, and if you want to try them, you can go to built.com and enter our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's built.com, enter promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Thanks as always for making us your first listen of the day. And tomorrow on your first listen of the day, the Locked On Canadians Fancy Pants Book Club is back. I will be doing a crossover episode with Jay Foster of Locked On Blue Jackets, who you will have heard on this podcast before. It's been a while. Uh, we will be talking books, but we will also be talking about the Blue Jackets. We'll be talking about the Habs this far. We'll be previewing the game that is a few days away right now uh, on Sunday night. And also, there will likely be a lot of conversation devoted to one Josh Anderson. And that's coming up tomorrow. Uh, but today, we wanted to talk a little bit about the Canucks hiring Emilie Castonguy as assistant general manager. It is the first time in their history that a woman has been appointed the an assistant general manager. And we didn't talk about it yesterday because we wanted to give it enough weight today and talk about it. it is unfortunate that it's such a rarity at this point she's not the first in the NHL but she is the first in the Canucks organization and there are very many organizations where if they hired a woman as an AGM today uh, it would be a first for them as well it is beyond uh, you know it's beyond past due for a little bit more uh, of uh, outside the box thinking when it comes to management roles. And I want to caution against people thinking that, oh, this is diversity. The Canucks have achieved diversity with this. Diversity means equality for all people. Doesn't matter whether like what their gender is, doesn't matter what, what, the, what race they are. And right now, as you know, in most hockey front offices, as well as on the ice, a lot of people that are mostly white, mostly male, and also belonging to a certain age group. So at this point, I think this is a positive, but it is, we have to acknowledge that it's way overdue. But there are a couple of interesting things about this is that one, it seems like the Canucks are now making some smart moves. This is not the first one. They also hired Rachel Dory to be in their analytics department. Um, so they are kind of thinking in a more uh, modern way than, than they have in the past. And it, you know, it should be said that, uh, Emily Castonghi has is somebody that has come up multiple times, not just when the Canadians had a general manager opening, but the name was floated around before as well. Like as somebody who would make the jump from being a player agent to being, uh, you know, to a a front office in the NHL at some point. She is Alexis Lafreniere's agent, but she also <laughs> famously got uh, out of Jim Benning, ironically, a contract for Antoine Roussel. <laughs> 
that was Laura, was Laura can I interrupt you for a second? What happened? Uh, we have an update, too, on the Canucks GM search, because I know we were going to talk about Matthew Darsh and other people. Uh, from Darren Dreger at 7.53 p.m., from all accounts, it appears Patrick Alvin is about to become the next GM of the Vancouver Canucks. Not done yet, but getting closer. That's interesting. So I don't know must... who that is. <laughs> <laughs> it must like wait. Okay, hold on. Let, let's 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 just break this down for a second. Um, the thing that I find really interesting is the timing. So it must mean that when she agreed to become the assistant general manager, obviously there was some idea of who was going to be uh, the general manager. I also like that, you know, we don't know who that is. Uh, it's an outside the box uh, hire. Uh, right? He was the Penguins interim GM. He took over when Jim Rutherford packed up and went, yeah, I'm done here, like midseason. And apparently he has been, okay, a native of Sweden, the 47-year-old Elvin has joined the Penguins as European scout in 06, 07, was pro to head scout in 2012, went to the... Uh, and then has been there. And I guess now uh, when they hired a new GM in uh, Pittsburgh, they let him go. So, okay. Um, to get back to your main point, I still like a lot of what they have done. And this is something different. This is not, you know, Canadian old timey hockey guy gets hired. Castongi, uh, And then obviously what they're doing with their analytics department, hiring Rachel Dory is, a, a very important and very fun step forward and a big change to the hockey circles. Vancouver is a big club by all accounts. And now I'm interested to see how all the chips fall here and how they fall in Montreal now, because uh, the big fear was that the Canucks were going to hire uh, Matthew Darsh and a bunch of the other player or uh, candidates that the Canadians interviewed at one point. Right. And th this is really interesting, too, as well, because, Scott, you found something that we weren't sure was real. Uh, but now, and again, I can't confirm this because I keep trying to search it myself um, and it is not coming up. But uh, it looks like Matthew Darsh's uh, profile has been removed from the Tampa Bay Lightning website. So I wonder if a maybe a Ducks GM hiring is imminent. I don't know. Um, so. There's a lot of changes that are going on in the NHL, but what I will say is that I do like some new faces. I do like, um, I guess, not the same retreads, but I would like to see, obviously, a lot more diversity in front offices. What does that mean for the Habs? Well, when the Canucks news was announced, uh, I I can't remember who it is. I'm so sorry, but um, he did the homework and said that MED Castonghi was never interviewed by the Montreal Canadiens, but multiple people who are looped in dialed in you know like Pierre Lebrun said that there were at least two women amongst the candidates that they interviewed um, which is interesting so I'm interested to see who those people are and whether the Habs hopefully the Habs or maybe somebody else uh, has like brings them into the front office roles into the NHL I think you know, we're long overdue for changes, we keep saying, but the fact that one of these things is kicking off multiple, uh, like, it, it's it's like a domino effect. I hope that that in a positive way, I really hope that this continues. And so we will obviously uh, keep up on the Canadians assistant general manager search and whoever they, else they, they hire to bolster their front office. Uh, but I, it's, it's kind of interesting. This is at the time of the recording. Obviously, lots of people are looking at the clues about Matthew Darsh. Uh, he might he might have been hired in in Anaheim or somewhere else. I don't know. <laughs> but in the meantime, we came up with a fun idea based on Elliot Friedman's 32 Thoughts column. And that's coming up in just one moment.
But first, Bet Online would like to wish you a happy betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. A new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so Scott, I know we were both perusing 32 thoughts before we started recording because it came out right about then. And an interesting tidbit from there is that the Washington Capitals are looking at Marc-Andre Fleury, beloved Pittsburgh Penguins figure. And that's so much fun to me. Like, (laughs) I I love the idea of just things that I'm like, that that doesn't make any. It's like when Ilya Kovalchuk became a hab and I'm just kind of like, this is is weird. Is is, is this actually like that was only what two years ago? Like that's a thing that <laughs> happened, and it feels like a fever dream. Honestly, I honestly, it's so exciting. So it got us to thinking that it's been a while since we've seen a jarring rival player play for the Habs or vice versa. I can't. I'm honestly thinking about this. Obviously, Thomas Volkanic in Toronto. That's something that we're gonna forget. It like it never happened. Uh, you know, it was a blip, something like that. <laughs> it, 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 maybe it was a fever dream. Uh, and then there was obviously Alexei Kovalev as an Ottawa senator. That was weird. I can't think of very many in the modern era. And, and something that, you know, we as Canadians fans like to do, not just because Kent Hughes is now the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens, but also because it annoys Bruins fans, is trying to imagine Patrice Bergeron coming to Montreal after his current contract is up. I don't I, think that it's something that he would do because he seems like a loyal, nice boy. But how beautiful would that be? I, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Like, honestly, it does kind of make sense considering where Bergeron's at in his career. But, like, if the Bruins remain good enough and, like, have the cap space for it, it doesn't seem feasible because why, you know, why would he leave, you know? And I know your thought on this, and I'm going to kind of introduce what we're going to talk about is, you know, what other weird things could we have? And I'm looking at the, and I'm brought back to, I believe it was last year, uh, right before the season began, uh, the Canadians almost signed Zdeno Chara to a one-year contract, which to me would have been so, so very weird. Weirder than Ilya Kovalchuk, uh, weirder than Doug Gilmore. Zdeno Chara in a Habs jersey, it, 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 I didn't hate the idea of it, but it's such a weird thing to possibly imagine. And I'm looking at this current modern Bruins team and I look at it and go, Brad Marchand, Montreal Canadian, is probably the only thing I could find stranger than uh, Patrice Bergeron. Bergeron makes a lick of sense, but like Marchand as a Hab... I feel like would tear Bruins fans apart, honestly. Play him on a line with Brendan Gallagher and see what happens to the rest of the NHL. Oh, oh, and get Brady Kachuk oh, from dear. the Ottawa Senators. Laura, they do have to stay out of the penalty box at some point, though. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I'm just it, thinking about this lineup. And, uh, you know, people hate the Habs enough already. Uh, and they also hate the Bruins. I mean, I wanted Nazem Kadri for a while. Like when yeah, he was kind of fun. on the outs in Toronto, like 
Nazem Kadri as a hab would be so much fun. Obviously, he's priced out at this point with the season he's having. The Habs can't afford him, which is right. unfortunate because he'd be awesome. But you'd also have to learn to stop decapitating people. To be honest, that's not something that's uh, that's super fun. But okay, so like it's kind of like Mark Andre Fleury in a in a Caps uniform. You know, Tom Wilson would look really funny in a Penguins uniform, especially given how many of them he's injured. Uh, but another one that I was thinking about, and it's not completely out of the realm of possibility, even though it is highly unlikely is the possibility of Mitch Marner in Montreal. Let's think about that for a second. I, I feel like there's a, a segment of Toronto fans that are going to be like, that contract is done, gone, and Kyle Dubas is going to invest all that money into someone else, not realizing they've got to pay Austin Matthews still. Uh, the biggest revenge they could have is Mitch Marner coming to Montreal and like when Phil Kessel left Toronto and immediately just lighting it up in the playoffs. It is the best possible outcome because it would just liquefy brains further than they already are and that they cannot process that Mitch Marner somehow figured it out outside of Toronto. I honestly hate admitting this, but it's not just because of the Leafs documentary on Amazon Prime, whatever it was called, All or Nothing Toronto Maple Leafs. That's the one. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Since then, uh, you know, listening to him in interviews, seeing quotes from him and stuff like that. He seems so much less whiny and weird than I thought he would be. Like I said, like the most surprising thing to me about that documentary or that reality series or whatever you want to call it was how normal he was, how much he was just like a dude. And he, you know, like every once in a while, he'll say compassionate things and sensible things about COVID and stuff like that. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm worried that I'm starting to like a Toronto Maple Leaf, but I, kind of comfort myself by remembering that Leafs fans for whatever reason do not appreciate him uh and uh even though he you know there a lot of players go quiet in the playoffs most of the time it's because the other team is efficient at shutting them down so I feel like you know when people are hard on certain star players especially players who had a really great regular season I feel like it's a function of the opponent's coaching and scouting more than it's that person so for me, I like I'm positive on Mitch Marner, but I also feel like it's a long shot. I do think that out of the many, many well-paid stars on Toronto, he's probably the one that would get traded out of all of them. There's going to be a huge market for him because other GMs are not stupid. And I do think that Kyle Dubas, if he were going to trade somebody like Mitch Marner, he would trade him far, far away from the division. But I still think it'd be hilarious to see Mitch Marner in a Montreal Canadiens uniform, not least because his dad is a huge Toronto Maple Leafs fan. And by all reports, he's a horrible person. So I kind of want the idea of Mitch Marner feeding Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki passes because like they all think the game at a different level. I think Mitch Marner is a tremendous player. Do I think he's overpaid? Yes. Did he choke in the playoffs last year? Yes. Would I take that kind of skill on my team in a second? You better believe I would. And it would just, it would be hilarious watching Marner torch. Like you said, Dubas isn't dumb enough to trade him in the division, at least not unless he wants to get fired the minute it it backfires on him. But Oh, it, it would be the funniest, like, redemption arc of all time, honestly. 
I would truly absolutely love it. And so I'm going to leave this up to the listeners because we want to hear from you as well. What rival players would you like to see? Or would you think it would be jarring but cool uh, in a Montreal Canadiens uniform and vice versa? We haven't really talked about any players that we would, you know, we would see reasonably uh, being traded to uh, another team in the division. The Habs like to play to, to trade with Buffalo for whatever reason, but I don't know if that's going to be Ken Hughes' philosophy as well. Uh, I don't know if, it, if it's going to be a dumping ground for discard Canadians like uh, Mark Bergevin was really fond of doing. Uh, but in the meantime, we want your thoughts on that. And, uh, and you can do that. You can give us your thoughts by emailing us at lockdowncanadians at gmail.com. We've already got one mailback question for this week, so please keep them coming. We'll be recording on Thursday night. And in the meantime, check out our episode tomorrow uh, with Jay Foster of Locked On Blue Jackets as well. You can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. You can find Scott on Twitter at Scott Matla. You'll find me at The Active Stick. And thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, check out Locked On Bets, where they have been absolutely killing it lately. You will not regret it.